0: Welcome, welcome to Your Story, where we learn about our guests each week with the use of only 12 questions in under 30 minutes. This week, we are happy to be joined by Gabe Peterson of the Real Estate Investing Club. We'll talk to him about how he got started in real estate, what his podcast is about, what he would do differently, and what advice he has for you. Special thank you to El Michaels Affair for the music in and out of this episode. Coming up next, Gabe Peterson. All right, welcome back to Your Story, 12 Questions, 30 Minutes, the only podcast where our guests will tell their story with the help of only 12 questions in under 30 minutes. Tonight, we are joined by Gabe Peterson. Gabe is a commercial real estate investor with a focus on self-storage facilities and mobile home parks. He also has a podcast. He hosts the Real Estate Investing Club, which can be found at therealestateinvestingclub.com. Welcome, Gabe. How are you? Hey, Mike. Thanks. I'm um, doing good. I'm uh, excited to be here. As am I. Very excited to have you. Uh, First question off the bat. Tell me something about yourself that's not in your bio or that I'd
1: want to know right away. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Something that's not in my bio that you want to know right away. Oh, man. I was not prepared for this. Um, (laughs) The first thing that comes to mind is just travel. I know that's totally a cop-out. Everybody gives the travel thing, but I've been to, I don't know, 40 or 20-something countries. I just doubled it. 20-something countries. Um, and so I've traveled a bunch. Uh, I hate to give that an answer, but that's the one that comes to mind.
0: No, that's, that's a good, where'd you most recently, uh, venture off to?
1: Uh, I mean, most recent was Mexico. Um, but before that, it was, I went over to India into Goa, um, and, uh, Hyderabad and, well, all over Goa, Hyderabad, New Delhi, um, yeah, it was, it was very interesting. I've, uh, India was quite the experience. I think it's definitely, uh, the most for, for somebody coming from the U S, it's definitely the most, um, I don't want to say shocking, but the, just the most intriguing country, uh, that I've been to. They're, they're, they've got a lot of both wealth and poverty and it's all right next to each other. So it was, uh, it was pretty interesting.
0: Okay. And was that your first trip or
1: what brought you there? Uh, that was my first trip there. Um, and we just, you know, I had never been there. wanted to go. I love Indian food. Um, I <laughs> and so, and that did not, uh, that did not disappoint. Um, except for I did get, you know, stomach issues, uh, while I was over there. So, um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's the first thing that came to mind. Um, I'm a big traveler, uh, outside of that, man, I guess, uh, there one other fact is, uh, I, I, real estate is not my... First or second or third career. Um, it took me a while to get here. I guess we'll get into that when we get into the story. Um, but you know, that's part of everybody's, well, it's part of most people, most successful people's journey. And it's something that I kind of want to reiterate while we're on the show here. Um, you know, your 12 question showed that just when you're on a path and it's not working, don't worry, just keep going. Uh, you're going to find it. And so real estate is definitely on my third. I think it's my fourth, uh, my fourth career before I finally found home.
0: Okay, then I'm going to have to ask, can you tell us a little bit about either careers one, two or three or how you stumbled on number four?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, let's just let's just dive into it. So, um, I mean, I've had uh, my my. Uh, there's a kind of a running joke with me and my girlfriend. It's like, we're driving around um, the city and I'll point to a building and be like, hey, I also work there because, you know, when I grew up, I, I started working at 15 and I just had jobs after job, jobs after jobs. Um, so I've worked tons of things from like bartending to blah, 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 to, uh, you know, installing refrigerators to construction to whatever you, whatever you can think of, I did it. Um, but I was going to college. I was, uh, studying philosophy and that was, uh, you know, obviously philosophy, not a lot of, um, use with a philosophy degree. The goal was I was going to law school, wanted to be a lawyer. Um, after college, I, you know, shadowed a lawyer and I realized it wasn't quite the career that I thought it was. It wasn't something that I wanted to, you know, wanted to pursue. Um, and so I decided not to go to call not to go to law school, but, you know, I didn't have a backup plan. So I didn't know what I was going to be doing. Um, and I was just kind of sat there and I was like, shit, what am I going to do? Um, so the first career I actually got into a friend of mine was, uh, he was a consultant at Accenture. Um, so a management consultant, um, you know, doing like project management, business analysis, that kind of stuff with the big, you know, big larger companies out there. Um, he was flying around everywhere. It looked like fun. And so I, I decided to go down that route. I interviewed, got a, a job, um, at a consulting firm out there, out here in Seattle. Uh, I started doing that, um, paid well and, you know, coming from just leaving a career, uh, well, Quote unquote career just uh, qu- quitting a career not having a backup plan getting a, a well paid job especially this was like 2009 and so it was just during the crash um you know i was I was happy but consulting really was not what I was looking for either um it was sitting behind a computer a lot and a lot of traveling it just it it really kind of wore on me um especially the it was really the commuting that kind of that killed me um, but I didn't really have a backup plan the entire time I knew that I wanted to Get into my own business. I want to start my own business somehow, um, but I didn't know how to do that. Didn't have a black backup plan either, and so I just kept working consulting um, until I started to get into the podcast. You know, get into the to the different uh, educational things out there that people start reading when they're like, "Okay, I need to find a business." Um, the first thing that uh, JLD, I'm sure many people out there have heard of it, the Entrepreneur on Fire, was kind of the first. Um, podcast that really lit me into the digital space and it turned me towards e-commerce. Um, and so the first business outside of the career of consul- consulting that I did, um, was an e-commerce company. And I actually did this while I was, uh, while I was in consulting. It was a side hustle that I was doing. So I started an e-commerce company. I did drop shipping. Um, I sold, uh, I don't even remember what they called it. Print on design. That's what it was called. Uh, I did, it's like you make shirts and stuff. I did those. Um, did you
0: design those shirts or I, I'm sure, I'm sure you did a little bit of everything, but what, what was, uh, what was that like?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hired a designer. I'm, I'm not a designer myself, but I hired a designer. Uh, and I just kind of came up with designs. I, I, I used a lot of, um, Google analytics on what people were searching and what was hot in, in terms of what was trending. And then I'd create a design based on that trend and I'd sell it. Um, so that was e-commerce and I did a lot of drop shipping, but again, it really didn't like light my fire. I was making some money. I was making, uh, I think the gross revenue was about 20,000 a month, but that, I mean, when you're talking e-commerce, your, your profit margin, your net revenue, um, is, you know, five to 10%. So it's not, it's not a ton. Um, and so I didn't really enjoy it. I, it was kind of, you know, it was, it was again, sitting behind a computer. I wasn't really interacting with people. Um, and it just wore on me. And so after a little while, I, I really wanted to have that be the career that, you know, got me out of consulting, but I was, wasn't making enough money, didn't like it. So I, I dropped it. I was like, okay, this isn't it. I got to find something else. Um, second foray uh, outside of consulting was digital marketing. So I, I'd been in e-commerce and, you know, I, I got some chops. I, I figured out how to use all those tools out there that people use, like, the the uh Facebook ads, um Google ads, I did SEO, blah, 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 blah. So I figured out marketing and I said, okay, I can do this for other people. This is something you know it's more it's more interactive. Um what I didn't like about e commerce was that I was just sitting behind a computer. And so I figured marketing for other for clients, it would be you know more engaging. So I started that. Um I got, you know, my first client and the problem when you when you just start a business and you don't have um kind of a, a mentorship or a coaching framework or just people within your life who are already doing that business who can tell you kind of how to do the business <laughs> is that you you tend to undersell yourself and so I got into uh digital marketing, but I wasn't charging enough and so all the work I was putting into it it wasn't bringing in enough money um in terms of what I felt I was putting into it, and so I kind of felt I just got burned out very quickly. Uh, so I had 2 or 3 clients. Um, and I just decided, okay, this also is not it. Uh, this is not not the path that I should be taking. And that's when... Actually, during this time, um, rewinding a bit, while I was learning digital marketing, I was getting clients. I realized one of the clients that I had was a, was a luxury... Real estate um, agent. And he was selling these, you know, multi-million dollar single-family houses um, in Colorado, you know, in, in different states, and I would market them on Facebook. And so I got good at marketing for real estate, um, and I didn't like having the clients because they weren't paying me enough. There's seven hundred fifty dollars a month, is what I was charging them. Uh, it, it might sound, I don't know, d- depending on where you're at in life, that might sound like a lot, but it's really, it's, it's. Definitely not for the amount of work that goes into it. Right. Um, so I was charging him seven fifty, and it wasn't enough, and I didn't feel like I was being paid enough, and I didn't really have the confidence at the time to just go to him and be like, "Listen, you need to be paying me twenty five hundred dollars a month, or else it's just not going to work." Um, and so I, you know, that didn't end up working out. But I, I had these skills. I learned how to market for real estate. And, uh, in that time, I decided, you know, shoot, I should use this for my own, for my own benefit. I should start marketing for real estate for myself. Cause I had also heard, I'd read uh, rich dad, poor dad. And I kind of got into that mind frame or mindset. And so I started marketing for properties and I found a, a triplex, um, out here in Tacoma. And this was kind of when, when Seattle was, uh, it was kind of doing the hockey stick. And so, you know, we, Seattle is, is one of those markets that just has benefited from tremendous appreciation over the past 10 years, uh, 20 years even. And so, um, you know, we, we benefited from this. So I, I found this property. I bought it with me, with my friend. And that was kind of the first foray into, Real estate for me, um, was this triplex. It was a, it was a total nightmare, but it was the first, it was the first time I got into real estate and it, and it was through marketing. Um, I was still working as a consultant and I was still doing my, my marketing on the side and I was doing this, uh, triplex. I was just trying to find something that worked. Uh, eventually I decided not to do marketing because it wasn't a fit. Didn't feel like it, it really, you know, jived with me, but, uh, real estate ended up, you know, we made 84,000 on that first flip. And it to me at that time that was like the most money I'd ever seen. It was like, oh my God, I can I can retire at this point. <laughs> I'm gonna do this again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that I, I felt like that was that was good. I, I liked that process. I really, really liked that there was phys- there was something physical. Um with e-commerce, it's just digital. You're just looking at a screen with digital marketing, it's mostly digital, but you're also interacting with clients. Um uh, but there was not there's nothing I really enjoyed that there was something physical involved, and I felt like I was really adding value and so I, I turned my full attention to that um, I started marketing for wholesales uh doing flips, and I'm kind of fast forwarding here eventually got into you know multifamily um and then finally got into mobile home parks. I quit my corporate job probably about seven years. As a consultant, I finally decided to quit. Uh, that was about two-ish years ago, two, three years ago. Uh, bought two mobile home parks, and now bought four self-storage facilities, and here we are. <laughs> All
0: right. That's a fantastic answer, and uh, there's a lot of things I want to follow up on. Uh, first off, I'm sure in your life as a consultant and in your uh kind of rolls since, and in my day to day, I see it a lot. There's a lot of people in their day jobs looking to uh, transition to something that either might be a side hustle or something they want to be more involved in. Would you recommend going the route that you did, doing it on the side, trying it out, seeing if it's a good fit or would you kind of, are you looking back at it, do you wish you kind of just jumped in two feet and kind of left consulting earlier? What path would you, looking back at it, would you recommend for yourself or for others to try now?
1: Yeah. I mean, that is a hard one to answer because it really depends on your individual circumstances. If you have capital, um, like if you have a good base to work from, then I f- for sure just jump. Um, I, you know, I, I did not have a good base to work from. And so, I kind of needed to do what I did. Um, one, so, one mistake that I did make is it was a definite mistake looking back is that I did not get guidance early on. Um, and so it's, it's really tempting when you, you know, you have this itch, you want to get out, you, you know, that what you're doing right in this moment is not the thing that you're supposed to be doing. And so you want to make the leap, whatever it is, you just want to do that. You want to take the jump. And it's tempting to, to just make that jump without doing without much forethought and without having a framework to work from. Um, and the thing that I wish I had done, I did do eventually, but I wish I'd done it earlier is get some kind of, some type, some kind of guidance. Um, it could be a coach. It could be, you know, a coach with from someone who actually had done what, what I wanted them, what I wanted to accomplish. Um, not just a general coach, like a, a, you know, I wanted to do real estate. So I wish I would have gotten a real estate coach or some kind of course or just something where there was definite here, step one, step two, step three, do these things. And then, you'll, uh, you know, and then you'll see results and blah, blah, blah. blah. So that's one mistake I wish I would have done. Um, and that's it. I, I forgot the original. <laughs> root no, you've,
0: you got there. My question was whether you would go back and kind of just leave the consulting world, just go two feet into something or something else or try something on the side like you did. And if, if you do that again, and uh, I think it's, It can be easy to leave behind something you don't like, but if you don't have that capital, as you said, or you don't have the framework or the the guidance to get on the right path, it can be very difficult not to be successful, not to kind of uh, pay for the things that you need in your day-to-day. So having that main job does help. Uh, but I did want to ask. You mentioned you bought the property with a friend. How how did how did that go? Was that uh, I think you mentioned the word nightmare. Was was it just the property that was a nightmare? Was it the process? Or what was what was what's the first nightmare that comes to mind when
1: you think back about that? Uh, that one was it was just inexperienced. So we we did not do enough due diligence when we got into that. Um, and all so all three tenants were just nightmares. So it was a triplex, um, and the people we inherited. Uh, one of them was a legitimate hoarder. She had. Just stuff you know ceiling to to floor um okay. and you know we we had seen it we didn't walk the property when we bought it, which is you know, come on, you should be definitely walking the property <laughs> that's, good, that's good advice, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and so um we, we you know we saw it from the outside we knew that there were, that it was there was an issue we just didn't understand the extent um and she stopped paying the minute we bought it, and so we had to evict her, but she left all her shit, and so we had to you know we had to get these i think it was two um two two dumpsters that we had to bring on there and our and we filled it up ourselves it took forever second tenant uh so the the he was on an agreement that the ten the the owner would be um paying for the electricity and his rent lease wasn't up for like three months or something, and he was growing weed in his um unit, and so the electrical bill was like five hundred dollars a month it was ridiculous. <laughs> Uh and so that was another issue. Lucky luckily he stopped paying. we got to evict him. Um, but again, that's another thing that we had to deal with. And then the third tenant, he stopped paying also. This is in a kind of a tough area of Tacoma, which is another mistake we made. Um it, first property definitely don't buy in a in a C class, D class area. It's not just not a good idea. Okay. And so this this third tenant, he stopped paying. We evicted him. Um he got angry and he uh he um plugged the sink with i don't i can't remember what he plugged it with but he, he plugged it up he turned on the water flooded the entire unit uh we had to do an insurance claim um the, you know they took out the 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 uh the <laughs> drywall from like the from you know your navel down and it was uh it was a nightmare so and all three units had issues with them it took us forever to get it you know re-rented um, we're luckily, we're lucky we came out with, uh, with the, the profit that we did have, but, um, you know, it's a learning experience. That first one, that's what I say. People always, they want to have certainty that they're going to be success. They're going to see success when they make the leap, but you're not going to have that. You just got to do it. And you got to trust that you'll figure it out when you get through it. Um, and your are definitely, shit's going to hit the fan. That is guaranteed. You just got to believe that you'll make it.
0: Yeah, I would say that uh, between a hoarder, a uh, marijuana enterprise and a tenant who's out to destroy your property, we'll, we'll we call that a nightmare no problem. <laughs> um, but, but I think that helps uh, as well, you know, as far as a lesson perspective as you said, being a landlord cuz in real estate you'll talk to people who just want to buy a property and they'll consider it all passive income, passive investment. And but they don't think about those things that there's real people that live there, there's real problems that come up if they're not handled properly, that, that passive, you know, in quotes, can turn into a real problem and can learn, turn into a, a money pit. So I think having that as your first experience probably has helped in what you've done as far as future deals, has helped the due diligence you've done. And probably, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but that might have steered you towards the type of properties between the, the mobile homes and the, and the self-storage. Is that, would you say that's a fair, fair assumption?
1: I definitely, uh, am not going back to multifamily anytime soon. Um, I really, I really like, uh, self-storage. I like, uh, the home parks. And so, yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty fair.
0: So I would, I would think those two areas are, if not, um, uh, underrepresented underutilized, they're definitely not as well. They're not front page in real estate. A lot of the times that they are, um, properties that you kind of have to go seek out and learn about on on your own or through, not, you know, not necessarily traditional methods. How did you how did you get involved and how has that become your niche?
1: Um, so the cool thing about both of those asset classes is that they are essentially the only two asset classes that are extremely recession resistant. And so they, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an up cycle or a down cycle. Uh, mobile home parks, self storage, tend to remain. Remain steady. Um, and so you don't see that dip or, uh, well, that's really the problem. The, the thing that you don't see is the dip. Um, and I like that. I, I had researched it. I realized, you know, I found that, that they're, they're recession resistant, that I'm not, uh, the risk isn't as high with, um, with those two asset classes. And, and I figured that was, uh, that was pretty good. Uh, with self storage, the thing that really brought me to it is nobody is living on the property. Um, I, there's something about it. I really. Days. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, it's more of a business. Um, it's more of a product that I'm offering to someone. And, uh, you know, I've dealt with evictions and I always, I, it's still a business, you know, multifamily. It's still a business that you're running. Anytime I have to evict someone, I always feel really bad. Um, and it's just something that I don't like to do. And with, with self storage, um, you know, no offense to anybody out there, but I, I don't, this is going to sound bad, but I don't care as much <laughs> when I have to evict someone with um, who stops paying on a self-storage unit because it's it's just stuff. Just stuff. Um, and, you know, it's not their livelihood. And so I, I like self-storage. I like uh, I like the asset class. I like it. It's recession resistant. Um, and it's also a lot of fun just to just to operate. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. So, well, you had me at recession proof. Um, if yep. that's if that's the case,
0: there's less risk how come it is not it's not more prevalent it's not something that more people is is it something that more people are getting involved with and just not that common or or what what is it realistically what does it look like as far as uh, when you're doing your due diligence putting your deals together looking at deals do you find the competition has increased recently or or what does that look like
1: uh yeah i it must be just perspective competition is pretty high out there for self-storage and mobile home parks um and I mean, they're, they're trading for the same cap rates that multifamily, uh, well, near the same cap rates that multifamily are trading for out there. Um, there aren't as many of them. There's 50 something thousand self storage, 50, 60,000 self storage out there. And so, you know, when you compare it to multifamily, it's not even, you know, not in the same ballpark. And, I think that's why there are more people in multifamily or office or retail. Um, it's just there's more of them. And so there's a bigger, you know, bigger opportunity to go out there and buy one. Um, self storage, there's fewer of them, you know, fewer people getting into them. Uh, but, you know, there's still, you know, there's still good, good cash flow. And so anything that has good cash flow, there's going to be competition.
0: Makes sense, and you mentioned earlier about adding value especially in a physical realm with either the mobile home park or the self storage as an example. how when you come in as the owner, what do you do to add value either immediately or to see that cash flow pick up once you become once you become the, the one collecting the rent?
1: oh yeah, uh, self storage is the easy one um, there's basically the same thing I do every time i uh, first of all. Fresh coat of paint. That's the first thing you need to do. Most <laughs> most uh facilities that you buy are gonna be kind of you know looking looking rough. Um this last one I bought, it looked like it had just been beaten up for the past ten years and I put a fresh coat of paint on it, it looked brand new. Loved it. Um so fresh coat of paint's the first place to start. Second place is security. Uh the reason that your people are running from you is they want their shit to be, excuse the the language, they want to to protect their stuff. Um, that is why they come to you. And so you need to make sure it's secure. The best way to do that is put a fence around your property, put security cameras in, put a automatic gate. Um, those are really easy, uh, value adds there. And, uh, it's the reason that people are actually looking, looking to rent from you. Um, so fresh coat of paint, uh, fence, ca- security cameras, um, automatic gate. Uh, you can also do a kiosks. Um, I don't really like, I haven't actually I haven't done one yet, but I, I don't think it's there's much of a value add there. Um in terms of not so much a value add, but in terms of ways that you can just increase the revenue or make a, a property more profitable is marketing. Um most self-storage facilities that I've well, every single self storage facility that I've bought so far. Uh, came from a mom and pop owner who did not do anything digital. Um, so they had a sign. They did, you know, newsprint, yada yada yada. They didn't have it up on Google. They didn't have it up on Yelp. Um, they didn't have it on Sparefoot, anything like that. And so the the easiest quote unquote value add is you're not really adding value to the property, but you're 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 making it more profitable by you know um, basically filling the facility at market rate and that is just marketing. Um, being able to do digital marketing for, for your property is, uh, is, is a good way to increase your revenue.
0: Okay, I think that makes sense, both as far as from increasing the value of the property and then tapping back into your old prior experience of the digital marketing, just expanding your potential client base of who can, who can rent there, who can be a, be a tenant. Uh, kind of switching gears, we've got a couple questions left. Um, Real Estate Investing
1: Club, how many episodes have you hosted now at this point? that's a good question uh i know it's over 200 i think it's like i don't know i i don't even two something Two 217 uh, we'll, we'll 220 call
0: it, we'll, we'll call it two something then uh, yeah who um who should be who's who's listening who should be listening who should be listening what can they uh what can they learn from uh, from your show
1: yeah, I mean it's called the Real Estate Investing Club because I like to keep it agnostic uh for asset class. I don't I don't, you know, I do self storage and mobile home parks, but that's I have um I like to learn from everybody. You know, there's so what I love about real estate is there are so many different ways to do it. Um there's so many different asset classes to jump into. You could do land. I had a guy on the show who flipped farms. Like what the hell? Oh, he wow. he bought farms that's and he first. flipped them. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. So there's tons of different ways uh to do real estate and I have them all on the show. Um I d- I don't really focus on a niche, I don't focus on an asset. And so if you just want to learn how to um do any type of real estate, just kind of the different ways you can get involved in real estate, um that's what we're here for. That's what we have on. So that's, that's interesting. So you can learn not only
0: about new ways or different ways to invest in real estate, but you're probably also picking up tips and tricks in your business too, so that you're uh, kind of, uh, applying to what you're doing. So that, that's, that's yeah. helpful. Yep. Uh, and then I, I guess just to kind of round us out here. Um, so you, you invest in real estate, you host the podcast. What else, what would you say what is your, what does your day to day look like currently?
1: Uh, Day to day, um, let's see, I wake up and it's always gotta take the dogs out and feed them because they will just drive me crazy until they're fed. And so once the dogs are fed, I uh I always you know, I shouldn't and I've been trying not to make this the first thing that I do, but I always get into email. Um that's the first <laughs> thing that I really take care of. Oh yeah, I know. I just get sucked into the email, it's horrible. Uh but once I once I respond to the, you know, the the immediate emails I need that I Feel need to be responded to. Um, Then I'll go back and I'll do my morning routine. uh, Usually I do meditation. I um, and I review what I need to get done for the week and for the day, and then I'll jump into it. And so, what I would like you to do is do the meditation and the review before I do the email. But that's usually not how it works. Um, And then after that, I just work on whatever whatever day. I usually block off days for a certain type of activity. So Mondays I do operations. Um, I'll meet with my property managers. Um, I'll take care of any like, uh, well, mostly operations kind of kind of things that need to get done. Uh, Tuesdays, I usually reach out to new properties that I want to acquire. So I'll talk to brokers. I'll talk to sellers that I'm working with. Um, and then on the day after that's so a Wednesday, I'll make offers on anything that I like. And then Thursday, I uh, usually work on anything that's a priority project, so reha- uh construction kind of things. Um, you know. We just bought a new facility I make sure that things are moving along. I call contractors blah 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 uh, and then Friday I usually uh, reserve for my podcast
0: nice I love I love the day for a task or having a dedicated time for a different task each day. I think that'll keep I, knowing all the things that you're doing that probably keeps you focused and keeps you uh, prioritized as far as what must get done that's that's an awesome system uh, so what's next for you, Gabe?
1: I mean, it's more of the same, really. <laughs> I, I like where I'm at. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know. I, I, did a lot of bouncing around earlier in the career, but you know, it was part of the process. I finally found where I'm at. You know, I found my lane. Um, I'm just moving forward in self storage. This year, I want to do uh, hundred thousand square feet, um, and then you know, we'll go from there.
0: Okay. And how how about to go back to what's not in your bio? Where are you traveling to
1: next, or where do you hope to see? Oh man, I am so excited! Uh, in and so we're I'm from Seattle, and so we are, you know, love it or hate it, we got a lot of clouds out here, and uh, this is the time of year when the clouds start wearing on you. I don't know if I got if you got any Seattle listeners out there, um, but I feel you if you're out there. So me and my girlfriend we scheduled a uh, cruise, and I've never been on a cruise before, so I'm super excited. It's Royal Caribbean. Um, we're leaving from Fort Lauderdale in. Uh, on the 23rd so next week wait is that next week that is next week uh 23rd we're leaving out of fort lauderdale we're going out of the bahamas then we're going down to uh mexico and then another mexico stop and then back to to fort lauderdale so pretty excited for that i'm just excited for the sun really just sit out there drink drink some margaritas and soak up the sun I don't think anybody's a complaint about that. That sounds
0: fantastic. So, that is a wonderful <laughs> thing to look forward to. Uh, yep. Gabe, thank you for joining us. Uh, they, our listeners can find you at therealestateinvestingclub.com. Where else can they find you?
1: I uh, you know that anybody wants to reach out. Um, you know, I love just shooting the shit with anybody who's in real estate. If you need advice or anything, just uh, shoot me an email, Gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com, or go to the website, uh, therealestateinvestingclub.com.
0: Awesome. We'll include all of that in the show notes. And thank you for your time, Gabe. And uh, we look forward to uh, next time and enjoy that cruise. Sounds good. Yeah, Mike, thank you very much for having me on. You got it.